Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian, a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. And huga. And huga. yes. <laughs> this week we're joining the Hooga Hoot Nanny and diving <laughs> deep into Mike Viking's The Little Book of Hooga, Danish Secrets to Happy Living, um, which was recommended to us by our cozy listeners, Amy and Marie. Aww. So this is, this is for you. Yeah. Y- y'all were clamoring for us to... Discuss the the elephant in the room, the the huga mania sweeping the nation for the past year. Yeah, I love um, book recs. Yes, and so we had helpful. to. I mean, yeah. if there was like a college course on coziness, this book would be on the syllabus. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into it a little bit later. But there's actually scientific evidence research that was put into this book. Yes, we are. This podcast itself is scientifically good for you. Yeah. So there we go. FDA Case recommended. Closed. I don't know why the food and drug administration has anything to do with it but they do we do we do have recipes we do that's right so those had to be vetted first um but before we dive into the little book of huga uh we're going to discuss what's making us feel cozy this week jillian (laughs) (laughs) we always look at each other like who's gonna start and i say her name first so there's always that moment of anticipation you don't know it's kind of like a an old Western showdown. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only two options here. Yeah, but. exactly. Who, who's gonna shoot first? I shot first. It's Jillian. Jillian, well, what's making you feel cozy this week? Uh, lately, we've uh, my partner and I have been taking late night walks, which is uh, nice. I mean, it's not cozy when I when people blow through lights and I'm and you're in the yeah, dark. Almost like, dying isn't yeah. cozy. People really speed in our area, I guess, but um. I this might sound a little strange and people might think it's perhaps creepy, but I like looking at houses and I'm not like peeping into people's windows or anything like that. But if I can catch a glance, look like a glimpse of an inside of a home, and it looks cozy, like looking at other people's coziness yeah. and different variations of it, um, how their house is set up, or just seeing like little vignettes of life, I find how really they're getting cozy. dressed. <laughs> How they go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I set my tooth on the microphone. <laughs> um, Sorry, pause while we go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's super cozy. Just take a walk around your neighborhood and just see all the cute little houses and little scenes going on inside. It's like they're like, they they're like dioramas. little dioramas. No, they're like little doll houses. Sometimes <laughs> it feels like that. I just love peeping in. <laughs> Not a peeping Tom. A peeping Tammy. <laughs> Yeah, I just like seeing little slices of life play out and you feel like you're on the outside, but in a cozy way. Well, yeah, I mean, it looks so calm and safe inside and it's, you know, especially if they are, you know, hookah conscious, maybe, you know. Yeah, especially in Silver Lake where people, you know, money's rolling out. (laughs) Your ears. (laughs) Right, your ears. You know, people have very nice, cozy little setups in living rooms and seeing people sit down to dinner and... Seeing yeah. the little lights in the windows, it's nice. Absolutely. No, I mean, I guess I'm creepy too because I enjoy also looking into, <laughs> yeah. when, I'm, when I'm going for a walk, like not lingering there like a serial killer. Yeah, but... it's not like the soundtrack Mad World's playing as I'm like, yeah. like <laughs> just like wistful and it, it's like a nice You just, you glance in and it, it looks, it's, yeah. it's cute. It's, it's cute to see all the, the life happening. Yeah. Out of, out of sight, but also um, visible. It's nice. Whatever that means. <laughs> Um, great. Uh, what's making me feel cozy this week is a Japanese artist named Konatsu. Her brand is called Konatsuya, 
and she makes final toys and paintings of basically like cat Godzillas. Um, mm-hmm. They're kaiju cats, um, and they terrorize cities and fish. But they are cute too. They look sweet. They're very sweet looking. So I was uh, introduced to this artist a couple of years ago. Um, through just like randomly searching for a thing to do in LA one weekend. And I was looking at like either LA Weekly or LAist. And they mentioned this art show coming up for an artist named Konatsu. And it was at Q-Pop in Little Tokyo, Mm -hmm. which is a store that specializes in Japanese art and vinyl toys. And just that they had a picture of these two monster cats in the article. And I was like, look, I have nothing better to do this Friday night. I'm going to check that out because that's adorable. So I brought some friends with me and they were really cute. And I like fell in love. The artist was there doing some live painting and it was a a gallery. So like we got to see all these custom paint uh, paintings and custom um, paint jobs on these vinyl toys. And I fell in love and for the last two years have been kicking myself for not buying anything Mm -hmm. because... Yes, they're toys, but they are sort of they're expensive. Decorative. They're okay. decorative and they're art pieces and they're limited numbers. So it's, they're not like mass produced in any way, shape or form. So they cost more than you would want to pay. Well, they're very special. But though. at first glance, but not more than I would want to pay. I think they're very, very, very much worth it. And so for two years, I was like, oh, I wish I bought something. I wish I bought something. And she came back to LA finally. It was a big deal. Was, was it crowded there? A lot of people? Uh, yeah. It was it was crowded. I had to get a ticket to oh. get in line. They only had fifty of the um like the custom painted ones that were for the exhibition mm-hmm. because so they had like different artists like take the blank version of the of the cat toy and do their own paint um, on it. And so those were like hundreds of dollars. And as as awesome as those were, they were out out of my price range. But the ones that she produced herself that were kind of the more standard ones, even though they were custom for the show, were the more reasonable normal price for her products, and I could afford that. And so I, I like got my ticket, and I snagged them, and I'm happy as a clam. I finally have <laughs> my monster cats in my home, and I got a, a, a print of one of her paintings. Yeah, I'll, and... t- I'll t- upload the upload. <laughs> so yeah, the... <laughs> upload, get on, yeah, the, on the web. Yeah, upload oh. it on the web, that, <laughs> that internet. But I'll, I'll share some pictures of yeah, yeah. work. So I, let's, in the episode photo, we'll include some of the, uh, yeah. the toys and the painting. Yeah, um, the painting's really cool. It's, it's very surrealist. Cute. Yeah, and not only was it just cozy to get to see the artist again and finally get my grubby little hands on the product, but like... Also, just the shop in general. I love Little Tokyo. I love Little Tokyo, So cute. And that shop, it was so cozy because everyone was just so passionate about this niche Mm -hmm. thing. And I felt really grateful in that moment to live in Los Angeles because this is an art. Like, she doesn't come anywhere except for L.A., New York, and I think San Francisco occasionally. So outside of Japan, she's rare. Mm -hmm. And I felt really grateful to have access to that. Well, it's really cozy, like you said. Um, when you get to meet up with people who share your passion, that's a little bit unique per se. Like when Susan Miller came mm-hmm. to LA, it was just me and all these like astrology nerds who have <laughs> real, really like in-depth knowledge of astrology and it was a talk. And it just felt like really nice to connect with strangers or people you might not connect with otherwise. And you get to talk about something that you like or really enjoy. So it sounds some, like it was a similar experience for you going to this gallery. Yeah, absolutely. I 
It was it was very cozy, and uh, if you're ever in LA, stop by Little Tokyo, the the Village mm-hmm. Mall, and Q Pop, which is a and definitely their grocery shop. stores, grocery stores like so all fun. sorts of dessert places, yeah. restaurants, everything. Um, and you can it's truly get time. your hands on like actual Japanese products you really can't find yeah. anywhere else. Spend the whole day there. Yeah. All right. All right. So now it's time for cozy locations. My cozy location this week is Yosemite National Park. Mm-hmm. I had gone there a while ago, but didn't get the chance to talk about it. Partially because I was saving it so that we could also discuss the candle I bought in Yosemite, uh-huh. which we'll review at the end of this podcast. And so, I mean, wh- what, what do I have to add? What's <laughs> your hot take what, on Yosemite? What's my hot take on Yosemite? I mean... You all know what it is. It's beautiful. You have El Capitan. You have Half Dome. You have Bridalville Falls, Yosemite Falls, like very beautiful, famous waterfalls and yeah. rocks. <laughs> um, and it's just very peaceful being there. I mean, the valley, Yosemite Valley is crazy. There's a lot of tourists. But in and around the area, generally speaking, it's pretty peaceful. And when you get away from the crowds, it's it's gorgeous. And even, I mean, and, and everything that the cr- people are crowding around is stunning. Yeah. Um, and you go, you've been there a few, few times, No, right? it's my first time. Oh, if yeah. oh, okay. And uh, we visited in winter, obviously, and that was not recommended by most people just because the there are parts of the park that are shut down. I was really nervous because everywhere said that you had to have chains on your tires what? because of snow. And luckily, it was the opposite of snow there. It was like very warm for winter. Hmm. And so that didn't become an issue. But I was like panicked. I'd have to like buy chains and put them out. Like, yeah, no, that seems a little happen. much. I know. I, I, before I was, was going to do that, I like, was like, can I get an Uber with chains? <laughs> an Uber chain. Uber me around Yosemite. Uber um, chain. <laughs> that should be one of the settings. Yeah. yeah I, I, we were so convinced it was going to snow that when we went to the Yosemite Valley Lodge to get tickets for the bus tour of the valley, we were like, we'd also like, bu- we also like tickets to the snowshoeing thing where you go with a mm-hmm. ranger and he like laughed in our face he's like it's not going to snow this weekend and it's not going to snow for months and we we're like okay sir yeah no well, need to ridicule us yeah we're from la just trying to be prepared <laughs> we thought you had snow up here and so yeah we stayed in oakhurst which was close but still far mm-hmm. i mean i think the real fancy people stay in the park i po- posted a picture of the majestic oh yeah it's really hotel. beautiful um and obviously it's like two types of people the people who are glamping are in those lodges and people who are camping are in tents and to get any, I mean, no one's doing that in winter unless you're hardcore, but even in the summer, like as soon as those are available, people snatch them up. And so that was not us. But so you were at the, we were uh, at a best Western yes, in, in Oakhurst. Your cozy location. That was, yeah, that was perfect for us. I, well, love best I heard the best Western plus, you know, chain is very nice. I would, I really hope that someone from best Western listens to this podcast podcast because I'm such a devoted fan of Best Western. I think I could be a great person for them. I'm just putting that out there in the universe. That's mm-hmm. my, my Anyone secret. has any hookups? Yeah. Yeah. So we stayed out there and uh, they have a really cute ice cream and candy shop. Reimburse Candies Gifts and Ice Cream. Uh, that was adorable. They have all these cuckoo clocks there <laughs> that were really... In the ice cream shop? Yeah. It was cute. Okay. So here are my tips for Yosemite uh, National Park. Okay. I'm no expert, but this is what we did that I would recommend if you do visit. So uh, first is that take a bus tour of the valley first it's worth it just to kind of get a lay of the land and have the history explained Mm -hmm. and 
you know, the, the guide will point out all the types of trees and it will just be, it'll make the experience more enriching because you'll kind of know what you're looking at. Even though our bus dr- driver tour guide was a bit of a character who would plug his Instagram and asked us to close our eyes and imagine the glacier that carved Yosemite oh, Valley geez. at one point really he described Christ. it for 10 minutes. I learned a lot and I was really glad I went on that tour. So do that first, get, get the lay of the land and then kind of go and do your own thing afterward in the valley. Um, but one other recommendation I have is that we stop by um, a trail called the Lewis Creek Trail, which is technically outside of Yosemite, but very close and it's really beautiful. It's not like the amazing, you know, three-piece falls, like waterfalls that Yosemite is famous for, but you do have these smaller waterfalls and a creek and... Mm-hmm. It looks like Enya would be sitting out there, like, playing a lute. That's, it's that kind of, like, scene. Yeah. And so it was really pretty. So if, if you, you know, want to escape the crowds but have a nice, pretty hike, uh, check out the Lewis Creek Trail. Those are all great tips. I like to avoid crowds as best I can. Yes. So it's hard, cool. it's hard to there. It's a little bit crazy in some parts where it's like, this is the opposite of a natural experience. It's just a ton of people. Yeah, but it seems like you always find the way to navigate around that whenever you guys go away to like a national park or yeah usually that's through doing it wrong and going to the wrong parts of the park but we do avoid crowds it works out (laughs) going in winter instead of summer that helps yeah i mean i think that's a good time to go to major attractions in winter as long as like you said it's not impossible weather-wise or you need to get chains i don't even know how i would put chains on my wheels i would the internet freaked me out the internet was like if you're going in winter you will have to have chains in your car and listen it was fine Maybe it's just so people go up there and get ridiculed. It's like a, just to mess with Yeah, tourists. maybe. It seemed like it. Well. Um, Jillian, what's your cozy location this week? So there's this place near my house. It's walking distance called Maker's Mess. And it is a little shop that was just, I guess, established maybe a, maybe a few years ago. It's pretty new. And they have a bunch of classes that you can take there with different kinds of crafts. So whether it's you want to try your hand at block printing or if you want to do some knitting, uh, calligraphy, watercolors, the whole gamut, um, they, they have it. And so I got a membership and every month I take a different class and I really like it there because it's, it's an independent business and the people are really passionate about all the different classes and it's very homey. I think only about maybe 10 people can go per class. So it's just an, a neat little way to meet people in your neighborhood, but not in an intense setting. You know, it's not like if you mess up. I hate up, meeting my neighbors in an intense setting. Yeah, well, you, well <laughs> I yeah, I guess I wonder what the intense setting would be. But where you feel like there's like a lot of pressure to mingle, it's more, it's cozy. So it's small. It's not. And you have some, a task. You have a, yes, that's maybe more how I should have phrased it because you have, you already have a topic of conversation. It's not like I'm sitting in other situations. I'm like, oh dear God, what am I going to talk about? Right. I'm sweating bullets or something, but it's just nice to already have a pre-made something to talk about. And um, one time I did this class there that's really hard is this weaving class. And I really struggle with auditory <laughs> directions. Me too. Yeah. It's I've really, yeah, I've really come to terms with that myself. It's ironic that we both have podcasts because <laughs> it's really difficult. auditory processing is my weakest like skill. Yeah. I, I have a really hard time learning if someone just talks to me. Yeah. And I she, need to read it. she was doing like, she's giving me visual instructions, but also I think I just have 
spatial raising issues as well. <laughs> Apparently a lot of issues. And I was almost like near tears. It was so frustrating, this weaving. But this girl next to me, like I was 10 steps behind everyone else, but she was struggling too. And we started chatting. I shared one of my ciders with her. And it's just like Aww. nice. It was a nice little friend. But in Have an you hung adult out since? setting. No, I kind of regretted that because we, you know, we hit it off. And like, that's another thing. How to make adult friends is something that can be difficult yeah definitely because you don't want to seem like desperate yeah or that you know i'm you know sending on a signal for a date or something right you know so yeah you don't want to send the wrong signal yeah so it was just a nice little community space and i think community spaces are always cozy but especially when you have a creative product to take home at the end of the night yeah yeah that's awesome yeah wait so, so what did you make well i made a bunch of stuff i did uh watercolor galaxies and uh-huh. the one where i really struggled that was a circle loom, so mm-hmm. a, cir- a circle weaving. You just make this pattern, and at the end of it, I kind of got the hang of it. It was really interesting to do, but um, I think this Friday we're going to do calligraphy. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's this, fun. this could be a cozy topic for another episode. Yeah. Some of these things. Yeah, maybe I could get someone on. It's uh, yeah. only $35 a month, Maker's Mess. Um, they have all these different artists come in and teach. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's Mm-hmm. It's a hot tip if you live in LA. Yeah, hot tip. All right, so that brings us to our main event, which is to dive right into the little book of Huga. And so we're, again, we're going to talk about this book as if you've read it. So we gave you we gave you a month warning, and yeah. it's not like there are any spoilers in this book because it's uh, yes. nonfiction. <laughs> but we hope you've read it too, so you can kind of you know Follow chat with on. us when you're in the car. You could talk. You know, we can't hear you, but. If you're screaming at us, you can f- feel free, you know, yeah, while you're in the car or, or at home. Let us know in the podcast yeah. group on Facebook. Absolutely. Okay. So if you haven't read the book, a little background on what the little book of Huga is, is it's a book written by Mike Viking, who is the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen, which he started, I guess, after a bunch of other think tanks. And he decided that he needed to research happiness. Seems like a cushy gig to make for I, yourself. I know. He defines Huga as a sense of comfort, togetherness, and well-being, the art of creating a ni- nice atmosphere, in other words, coziness. So this is a really appropriate book for us to read. It's sort of like, it reads like a manual for how to be cozy. Mm-hmm. If you had to explain to an alien what coziness is, this might be a good place to start. And there's lots of pictures, so yeah, you can... tons of pictures. The book is half pictures. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how long it took me to finish the book, mm-hmm. considering it's extremely short. And it's a little all over the place, so you yeah. kind of have to take your time. Yeah. We'll get into that, because yeah. I, I definitely. The central thesis of the book is that Huga is one of the reasons that Denmark is frequently named as one of the happiest countries in the world. And mm-hmm. so he goes into discussing happiness data and that the sense of all these factors that go into Huga are perhaps why the Danes are so happy and, and what everyone in the world could learn from that culture. The book is divided into sections that describe Huga and how to create it. And I think the two most compelling parts of it, for me anyway, were the Huga Manifesto, which mm. goes into you know what Huga is in more detail, and the wish list for anyone trying to create Huga, like the, part, the things that they should be accessing to create coziness or huga and there's interactive portions with recipes 
um, and also tips for creating huga throughout the seasons. Right. So yeah. So nice like summer too. huga, winter huga, spring huga. Yeah, which is something to think huga. about because <laughs> I always was just thinking of huga in terms of fall and winter, but it's something that's year round. I know. To be honest, I've even like wondered: should we put the podcast on hiatus in the summer until we get to a more huga season, a more cozy season? <laughs> yeah. uh, we wouldn't abandon you like that. Mm-hmm. But, and as this person, Mike. Uh, explains summer can be very cozy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was that was one of the more interesting parts for me. And he also talks about the some aspects of how huga can be tricky to understand from like a an outsider perspective, where people get it wrong. I guess. I okay. Let's let's talk about that because I did not agree with his assertion. Mm-hmm. Here's something that I got caught on with the book, which is this idea that the Danes know coziness so well and the rest of us don't because a lot of the stuff that was described seemed what we do, like what we do. And and maybe we're just cozier than the average North American. I don't know, but it's, it seemed like a lot of the stuff was like, yeah, that's what people do in their homes. Well, here's the thing where I feel like, it's not that the Danish are cozier. It's that maybe they have more time to be cozy. Yeah. Because we put so much emphasis on work and being busy. It's like, you know, we have all the tools to be cozy. I don't think anyone's like, you know, twiddling their thumbs saying, oh God, what the heck is cozy? How can right. I be cozy? You, I think everyone can pretty much say what their version of cozy is or what's the general idea of cozy. It's just like, does do we have, do I have the time to light 30 candles every freaking day? Probably yes. not. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, or... I do. Uh, <laughs> I make that time. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. It's, you know, it's it's kind of, I don't want to use the word privilege, but it, it kind yeah. of is because you have that, they're just the way their society is set up is so different than ours and... I think it's just a cultural difference. Not- he does acknowledge that the welfare state is a huge part of it too. Yeah. It's, it, is a, it is something that he mentions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, or just to have the, I think it's also different too with the social aspect of Huga because that's a big part of it. It's about spending time with people. But I think people in the United States are a lot more spread out, like I think family-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, or with friends, it's a lot harder to get together. But I think it's more insulated there. And so it's easier to have these like core friends that you can just hang out with all the time and you have lifelong 30 year of friendships and you know yeah it's a little different that, that, you're right that's all very true but i i just feel like there was a certain air of we understand something better than everyone else in the world that i felt a little pretentious to me well and matt he does hail from the happiness research institute that's right <laughs> he has a whole institute just that was what blew my mind was like what the heck and there's a happiness research institute and how much is he making a year and how much am i and and i'm working like four jobs like (laughs) to live like a poverty (laughs) get me at the happiness institute yeah I, i just sort of feel like a lot of the stuff that he has mentioned like scarves are so huga danes get scarves like they talk like everyone in england's talking about how you know, we we wear a lot of scarves, and I'm like, you haven't watched Smash, I guess, because no one has seen Deborah <laughs> yeah. Messing, I guess, in Denmark, because we do scarves here too. Yeah. Um, call Teresa Rebeck. Like, we have scars on lock mm. in the United States. This is something I have an objection to 
of the highest order. And it is this assertion, because he goes into a section about how, yes, there's um, Huga in all sorts of other parts of the world, and here are some other terms for it a- across oh, yeah. the world. At that point, also says that uh, an English translation of Huga as coziness may be problematic because it loses a lot of important associations, which I think, to me, he doesn't quite understand the associations of the word coziness because I was like, I think Huga and cozy, I, I, I don't feel like mm-hmm. there's anything lost in translation personally between those two words. He does. But he says that the Canadian word, Canadian quotes, I'm putting quotes over because I, I think this is wrong, hominess is like Huga. And to give Canada credit for the word homie and hominess, it really bugged me because I was like, I've been saying homie always. You said homie. I caught you saying it earlier in this podcast. Rewind, listener. Jillian said it, and we didn't have this conversation yet. Yeah. I I, I use homie a lot. My mom used it. Americans use the word homie. Yeah. It seemed weirdly... Here's, Here's what I think, and maybe I'm being crazy, but it felt like a weird bias against... Uh, the United States, mm-hmm. this idea that we don't know what coziness is because of, of our, you know, terrible healthcare system and yeah. we work too much. And I'm sure we rank pretty low on his happiness research Institute <laughs> yeah, list. Probably at the end of the list. And so this, this term that people in North America use homie or hominess, which I'm sure even the British use too, is just giving credit to Can- to Canada and that was like no oh, credit for Canada. I well, I should have given credit, but like I'm think. Here's the thing, okay? So I I I was so annoyed by this that I did research. I I was gonna ask. Did and you so do research? I I use there's a um a program called the Google Ngram Viewer, and, and it searches all of the Google books that they've scanned for instances of a word, up up um as far back as 1800. Mm-hmm. And so I I searched the word hominess, and the earliest book I could find um through that search function. And again, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I don't work for the happiness research Institute, but I did my best and was the word appeared as early as 1855. It got popular in the 1920s. So some of the earliest mentions of the word I found in 1890, which was from a Vassar college weekly digest called the Vassar miscellany. I don't, I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Um, and then in 19, excuse me, in 1899, a American publication called The Arena, which I couldn't find a, where it was published, but it was from the University of Michigan Library. Mm-hmm. And then in 1901, hominess is used in a Brooklyn magazine called Everywhere. Well, there you go. So all the earliest instances of this word, just searching through Google Books, are from New York and Michigan. And so I really... I think I want to know, I want to, I want the receipts. I want to know exactly where he has pinned down this idea that the word hominess is Canadian. Cause I don't think it is. If I don't you think tweeted it's... him, I bet he'd respond. If he has the Twitter. I really need to, I, re- I want the answer to this. I want, I want the data behind this um, and the facts. Cause my own personal research suggests that it's actually American in origin well, or, or really probably British. But like, I, I, I just don't think it's Canadian. I don't know. I don't understand why that's given to to Canada and Canada only, or why not just say North America instead yeah, of just Canada? Yeah, North America would be a good solution. Um, I would understand why we would say it because 
you know, being, if it's more popular in New York and Michigan, well, I grew up in New York and then you're close to mm-hmm. Michigan growing up. So I, I would say probably any place yeah. with, you know, snow, heavy snow. Yeah. I, 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 I'm willing to bet that like anyone listening to this podcast who's from the United States has used the word homey before. Or maybe we're just cozy nerds and we just yeah, maybe, say things. Yeah. I don't know. Did we pick up on a word that I always assumed it was American, but I don't know. Now I don't know anything. I'm. I think we're right. Rug, there is written from under me. Um, <laughs> anyway, I know that's this early silly thing to to get hung up on, but it, but it I appreciate me. that research. It's yeah. very interesting. Um, learn something new every day. <laughs> I don't think it's problematic to say that Huga is coziness. So okay, so let's go over what uh, Mike Viking says constitutes Huga, and so he he sets out a Huga manifesto. So let's go through this item by item. So on the Huga Manifesto, first and foremost is atmosphere, and that is candles and lighting. Viking cites that Denmark burns more candles than any other country in Europe. I think I totally agree. I mean, lighting is so important to coziness. It is. And I believe that Matt and I discussed this off the podcast, but that the candles or lighting, the candles, they prefer non-scented. Yeah, so... The, the line reads, scented candles are considered artificial, and Danes prefer natural and organic products. Well, I mean, I guess the only reason why I couldn't understand that might be more huga is because, you know, people have very specific tastes for scents. Yeah. So if a scent is offensive to you, that's true. you know, you're not going to be feeling like huga. I guess that's more inviting and community-based. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, the one thing that was horrifying to learn was that... <laughs> I know. This, this uh, line that says, studies show that lighting just one candle fills the air with more microparticles than traffic in a busy street. We, we need to... So we're going to... I guess we're going to get uh, black lung <laughs> from, our, from all of our candle burning. You're, yeah, you're to blame for the climate change. Yeah. <laughs> Madeline, all the candles you burn. When, when, when Jillian, Jillian and I will die an untimely early death of lung cancer because of all of the candles we've been burning. Yeah, it's terrible. I, because of that, I've been airing out the room more when so I burn candles. So after it burns, you flush open, it out. Open the okay. door, open the windows. Yeah, I wasn't sure and I don't you mean before. I don't, I take, I'll, like, we'll take the candle to the open door and, like, set it down and blow it out so that the smoke goes outside. That's been something we started to do after reading that. That I was like, "Oh no, this is going right into our home." Yeah, that's it's kind of terrifying to think. Um, I wonder if there's a higher pollution level there. Then so many candles could I it contribute? So. I don't know. There's just so many. Listen, everything in life is killing us. So yeah, at least at least stick with the enjoyable things that are killing us. And I think candles. And I th- I think scented candles are very cozy. But as you know, I mean, there's no question of that. And going back to what you were saying earlier, though, about privilege, I do feel like, again, this is another place where it just start, it starts to feel like there's a really, this idea of like a natural organic products, like spend, you know, 100%, you know, price increase for the, this the natural would, organic yeah. thing. And this book would be very offensive to anyone who's struggling. Yeah. Like imagine yeah. reading this. No, I, I Kind of. I yeah. mean, even even with the stuff that we often recommend, like on this podcast, I'm kind of mindful of the fact that a lot of it's coming from a very specific point of view in oh, terms yeah. of like, because to me, coziness is really uh, um, subjective. And t- to me, more so than Viking, 
admits, although he reluctantly does toward the end of the book, I think coziness is so much nostalgia. Oh. So much of what coziness is, is nostalgia. I think so too. And so whatever you enjoyed in your childhood experience, you'll go into your adulthood feeling like that is cozy. And so that's so wildly different for people all over the world. And to say that coziness is like this one type of thing is a little bit, I don't know, just, it's very biased. That is one thing about coziness that sometimes is like, hmm, is this like a white middle class version of coziness or is this like coziness in general? Yeah. And I think some things it's, it's, it's coziness in general. I think for the most case, this is pretty applicable for everybody. Or just like ambiance, you know? Yeah. Because I was thinking of like the day of cozy because we said we we're going to do a day, not day of cozy, day of huga. And I tried to find a spot that would reflect the ambiance with the candles and because he also mentions lamps and mm-hmm. he said like the more light the better but it's a very specific type of light where it's you know lamps are dimmed to a, a certain level and the more little tiny lamps and candles you have the more huga the space will be um so and i did go to a, a bar that had a lot of cute little lamps and it was very dim had a lot of candles placed everywhere non-scented i can kind of see how there's a specific or an ideal ambiance in terms of candles and lights that might not be so hard to achieve if you have you know some tea lights right get a bag of 90 or something yeah whatever ikea has them very cheap yeah of course so you know, I think cozy is different to everyone, but I think there are some scenes that are just kind of undeniably cozy. I don't think anyone would turn their nose up at a nice, yeah, a cozy lit place. Yeah, and so. I, I will say, I mean, we're in the middle of the the Huga Manifesto. I will say the Huga Manifesto feels very accurate and yeah. it feels like accessible for everybody. Um, it's the wish list that is, gets a little mm-hmm. bit like, hmm, if only. But okay, so. Atmosphere, mm-hmm. so candles and lighting. Candles and lighting. The other one is presence, so being present in the moment, which is very hard for me. Yeah, I mean, putting the phone down. And yeah, I think he's right, but also I'm addicted to my phone, so yeah, it's a little tough. <laughs> uh, pleasure, so coffee and sweets. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find that the recipes, while aside from the sweets and drinks, they're just too meat heavy. Yeah, very, I guess it's like very hard for a vegetarian to be huga, according to this book. Yeah, well, it, I think it's just he's also coming from the specific, you know, culture. Of, yeah, you know, I guess Danish people. Um, but the drinks were interesting. I think if you do get this book, I thought the summer recipe for the elderflower drink. Mm-hmm. There's like something I never even thought of. Like, okay, that's like a nice uh, summer alternative to mulled wine, for example, yeah. which was a recipe for the winter. Yeah, the the grog. Yeah, so I like those little interesting tidbits of info. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always cute to include a recipe. Yeah. Talk to Joanne Fluke, she knows. Yeah. Um, the next one is gratitude, being thankful for what you have. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Harmony, equality, no bragging. I thought that was really great we to mention. We need less like, that in LA. When you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. that's, why, that's why LA is not so who is because everyone's trying to show off. But yep. he really stressed, and I thought this was excellent, really stressed like when you're with your friends like don't talk about your accomplishments don't no talk politics about, no politics no work and that goes into um truce oh, like yeah. but no drama um and I, I thought that was really important to add yeah that was a good one uh comfort get comfy take a break so 
You mentioned scarves, wearing black. So I guess New York's very huga. <laughs> Bulky layers. So obsessed with wool socks in this book. Uh, yeah, I'm. I like a good wool sock, but I'm not. I, my feet just get too hot. Yeah, I. I'm really into wool socks this year because we got. I had a friend who gave me a pair of wool socks as a gift, and they were kind of life changing. To be honest, they're comfy. Uh, Rob- I feel like I'm, I'm walking on a cloud. Well, if you ever in the market, well, I guess she's probably not making them for sale. But our past guest Robert, his mm-hmm. mom knits wool socks, and she got me one for Christmas. Aww. Knitted me one for Christmas, and they are my most com- comfy socks that I own, and I love them. But it can just get a little hot. That's true. Make sure you wear them when it's appropriate yeah. and cold. Togetherness, so building relationships, participating in nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do like that. This was also, to me, was a, an excellent thing to include in a definition of coziness because I think that gets lost a lot even in my own way of approaching cozy because I think of cozy as sort of so, and almost being alone and being like in a, in yeah. a well-lit place and um, reading a book and like having... Self-care. That's how I see cozy. My version of huga is indulgence Mm -hmm. and just indulging on all the things that makes me feel good. And that you don't have time for in other parts of the day. Yeah. And I I love, I think the only person I really, or people I truly feel like a huga spending time with other people is you, Mr. Mm -hmm. P. Oh, thank you. Right back at you. Partner Brett and Mm -hmm. Robert and my partner. Like, I really... It's close friends, really. Super yeah. close friends. And, and people who are comfortable with, like, just staying at home and watching something or eating and talking. Or my oldest friends. Like, yeah. my friend Kayla, love her. and She's, like, I've known her since fifth grade. So I think, like, either people who are super close to you from the past or people who you just have this innate comfortability with because sometimes you don't have that, that flow. I think you need, like, a very easy flow. I feel like I could go into your kitchen and pour myself some coffee yeah, to you, ask. You, or you're, something. you're at home, right? Yes, you're at home. Yeah, absolutely. And I like, he spends a section talking about how togetherness is important, but it should be togetherness that is quiet at home and small. And it, like, like you just described. And so I, I feel like in, in my 30s now, I am way more into, hey, like, I'll come over to your place or you can come over to mine. We'll... we'll I'll bring some wine, you bring some wine, and we'll just like relax at home. Mm-hmm. And that's very cozy. And I actually feel like I get to have a conversation and catch up with the person mm-hmm. versus, and actually be there presently in the moment than if we are out at a restaurant or a bar where it's frankly overwhelming and I can't focus. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and everyone's sort of like a little stressed out. Um, and so it's more huga to, to be together in a, in a, in a place like, someone's home yeah and going off of that i think later in the book he talked about um how it can be a little bit hard if you say you went and moved to um denmark or something um you would have trouble probably finding your huga group Mm -hmm. because it's very hard to infiltrate because these people have known each other he said that they have lifelong friendships right and it's I, like, yeah it's like changing high schools yeah someone said i think someone who even said that they he spoke to someone who tried to to make friends there and it's very hard i think it's probably similar to iceland that's what i heard people who, who move there it's very hard to assimilate into this society or get friend groups mm-hmm. because they're already one already has their little groups right 
that reminds me of just transferring college. <laughs> I, That's I went true. through that experience. Yeah. And the other part of the, the final part of the coziness manifesto is shelter, which is mm-hmm. kind of fitting into what we're talking about with like being at home and stuff and being in a place where you feel peaceful and secure is not only essential for, for Huga and coziness, but also sort of essential for just happiness in general. Cause yeah. I mean, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like that's like among the first things you need is just like shelter. Right. Yeah. Before you can actually get up to higher levels of happiness. Yeah. So I think I, we definitely, I agree with all those points. I think the ones that like we already pointed out that were interesting or new is like the no bragging or, you know, the truth aspect where, yeah. Hey, let's not talk about anything hot topic. He's not the view here. You know, let's keep it PG. Right. <laughs> sort of just focusing on our common humanity. Yeah. And that brings us to the wish list. So he sets out a wish list of things that you should try to have if you want to achieve Huga in, in your life. And first on that list is a Huga Krog. In other words, a, a nook. You should have a nook in your home where you can ideally like high up where you can kind of satisfy your natural urge to scope out the lay of the land and see any threats coming. I have a beautiful view of the highway. There like, you go. You can see anyone. <laughs> anyone who's getting off the, the exit and coming to Jillian's place, you can see coming a mile <laughs> away. Yeah, and having a nook and feeling safe is important. Mm-hmm. The other item <laughs> is... <laughs> I'm just thinking about... i sorry, that pause, I was thinking about all of Matt's nooks. Matt has a ton of nook, which I'll take pictures of if he's okay with it sharing. <laughs> when, the, when the nooks are ready, we can take pictures. Okay. When they're... <laughs> the other another item on the list is a fireplace which again i mean most danes he says have fireplaces or like wood-burning stoves this is sort of where the privilege starts setting in it's like <laughs> that'd be nice i'd love to have a fireplace not yeah. a par- not really accessible for renters mm-hmm. um candles that's accessible yeah easy uh things made of wood yeah are okay. i guess on that point to nature mm-hmm. so bringing nature into your home with either plants or um, spending time in nature, like camping. Books are huga. As we know, we spend half of our pod- podcast episodes are about books. Got those. We, we, we have recognized <laughs> the coziness of books um, since the beginning. Uh, ceramics. Yeah, that kind of threw me for a <laughs> loop. <laughs> I can't deny that they're cozy. They're cozy, but it's not like it wouldn't be my top 10 list of cozy <laughs> things, I don't think, if I were making it. Maybe we're missing out on something. Oh, maybe. I, don't know. I guess you have to have a ceramics episode of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, tactile things. So things that like have like a worn or old aspect. or Yeah, like... something you could rub. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a furry chair or something. You could stroke. Furry chair. <laughs> yeah, a furry chair. With... I, I heard what you said. <laughs> what i'm talking about like they're <laughs> it's this new people have these <laughs> they have these furry chairs i'm not gonna talk about it anymore <laughs> God, yeah at least like fancy furniture stores or something yeah okay <laughs> um so furry chairs uh things that are vintage mm-hmm. i agree with that yeah i, I like mean, that's, vintage that's stuff. a taste thing though i mean i think I think people could argue that just because it's old doesn't mean it's cozy. Yeah, I like I like a good old piece of furniture. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the person who's to, like 
objecting to that, but I guess I am. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, not judging. <laughs> no judgment. Vintage, vintage is cozy. I agree. Uh, blankets and cushions can't. That's undeniably yeah. cozy. Get some blankets and cushions if you haven't gotten some already. <laughs> highly recommend it. If you're on a bear, sitting on a bear floor. <laughs> Run! Don't don't walk to get some blankets and cushions if you don't have some already. <laughs> I'm, that's what I mean. Like, there's some parts of this book where it's like, <laughs> just we could have written the <laughs> blankets and cushions. Like, no duh, yeah, it's of like course. That book, The Secret, or something. <laughs> you know, opening uh, our eyes to so much. Well, we were thinking about when we were first like envisioning this episode, like our week of hygge, and we were gonna like live a hygge lifestyle, and or like and then that slowly got downgraded to our day of hygge. Yeah, I mean, and then like our hour of hygge, and after reading it, we just realized that like fundamentally, we do all these things already. Yeah. So we're already living this lifestyle, mm-hmm. and a lot of these things are, if you thought about it for two seconds, sort of no brainers. Agreed. I think you have to be a hyper, not cozy person to truly get the most value out of this book. But I can't deny that the experience of reading it was very calming. Like holding it fundamentally is like it's a really well made little book. The art is pretty and Yeah, and a lot of fun facts. A lot of fun facts and it was a cozy book. I'm so happy that we read it and discussed it. And aside from all the nitpicky things that I said, like, overall, I'm very happy. It was that, very enjoyable. Yeah, very enjoyable. And I, I, I do recommend it. It wasn't necessarily life-changing in the way that I had kind of hoped or, like, been like, oh, my God, like, this is blowing my mind yeah. for what it means to be cozy. But, but yeah. It's, it was, it's, 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 it's good to have someone who's, like, documenting cozy things. Yeah. I think for me, like, the things I liked the most were just that that little um, list of Huga dictionary words. Yeah. Um, that was neat, or just kind of how the the fixation on candles came to be. I guess in World War Two, they said that they would have blackouts, so or mandatory blackouts, so the fighter jets couldn't easily navigate their way mm. through cities. And so when the war ended, they put a bunch of candles in their windows, I think, to celebrate. And it's a day in May, and everyone just lights. Up their house with can. It's a day of light. It's called. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's such a nice little. What a. It's cute. Little nice holiday. It's little things like that where I found very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I definitely get that it's part of their culture more in the sense that they just jam in that word huga to everything. They they make mm-hmm. they just add it to every single type of word. It's like mm-hmm. a, into verbs, into adverbs, into nouns. Like everything can have huga attached to it. So it's, it's sort of like because they have the language for it, it's it demonstrates how much more valued it is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was interesting. I would love to hear their perspective of like someone who's breaking away from the hygge mold and who absolutely hates hygge but lives in this environment where everyone's doing hygge. They're like a yeah. Who's who's the Grinch who stole hygge? Is there an anti hygge movement? <laughs> I don't know because I could imagine like eventually maybe you just want to have a break. Is there a moment where you just like you just want to have no candles? You just want to wear a bright color, no black. Like, Jillian, is, get out! <laughs> How dare I you? I just imagine maybe someone. Why would you need a break from Huga or coziness? Get out! I well put down the microphone. If anyone's out there, I'm listening. Um, wow, 
your, your wow. perspective. This is kind of like how Satan was was thrown down from heaven. <laughs> this is this is this is your at two, Julian. Yeah, I'm going rogue. Um. Okay. So, any any final um thoughts on the Little Book of Huga? Um, like you said, I I definitely would recommend it. I think it's a it's a fun little book. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a bit repetitive and it's not, organizing. Not rocket science. Yeah, I don't know if you needed science. to have a whole research institute to right. figure it, that you need pillows in your home. <laughs> <laughs> More power to them if you yeah. can get away with that. Then <laughs> great. But it's definitely just like cozy to like pick it up and read a, a few pages at a time. So it's it's fun and for recipes. I'll yeah. Like that. So thank you very much to Amy and and uh, Marie for recommending it. All right, and so that brings us to Celebrities That Calm Us. Who who will we discuss today on Celebrities That Calm Us? Jillian, which celebrity is calming you this week? This is, uh, as usual, a curveball. Uh, I'm going to go with Carson Daly. Okay, <laughs> I'm listening. Okay, because he reminds me of, well, it's going back to nostalgia. It's a big part of Cozy, and just watching him on he always had a very calming voice he yes. doesn't seem to have a lot of different levels of mood he seems like he's always on the same playing field all the mm-hmm. time and then i recently caught wind of him again not that he went anywhere i guess caught uh, wind of him. he's <laughs> he's on the today show and like i said we had that readership yeah, yeah. who's obsessed with the today show and he was talking about he has anxiety and not that anxiety is cozy, but he came across as very relatable because it's opening up on, about it. And then he has kids now, and he just seems like a really sweet dad. His Instagram is just about like, uplifting messages and his family. And he just seems like a nice, level-headed guy, I guess. He just, it's not that he, I, I feel cozy when I think about him. Like, Carson Daly get you know, warm fuzzies, and I go to a cozy place. It's more that... He does that fit the definition of celebrities that calm us. Like he has a very calming voice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of those celebrities once again who I don't think is going to flip the script. Yeah, no, so. he's come a long way from from dating Tara Reid. Oh yeah, he's definitely cozier <laughs> now than he used to be. Agreed. I forgot about that. Not a very cozy time. My celebrity that's calming me this week and always is Laurie Metcalf. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, very much looking forward to the Roseanne reboot. I know that might be a controversial opinion, but I love Roseanne. It's coming really soon. Yeah. Right? I love Laurie Metcalf. She was awesome in Lady Bird, an amazing actress of the stage. And whenever she, in all of her performances, she projects a level of just realness. Mm-hmm. She's just a really down-to-earth, honest person. Yeah. And I feel like... <clears throat> I don't know. She just gets it. I agree. I love Laurie Metcalf. It's a good pick. And I had to search through like all of our show notes to figure out like, did I say her before? Because if I didn't, I'm like, I can't believe it's taken 20 episodes well, to get to Laurie Metcalf. It's hard to remember who you've said, but also come up with new ones. Yeah. <laughs> because there's only so many celebrities in the world. Right. We're going to have to go on to like political figures or I historical know. figures or something george washington <laughs> not cozy but anyway the yeah it's uh, it's very clear that we're way overdue to make a database so that we can see yeah that we're not repeating ourselves but mm-hmm. i hope i haven't my cozy celebrity this week Lori metcalf all right which brings us to our candle review uh today we're burning like i said so when i was at yosemite 
I stopped by a gift shop that's right outside of the park, and they were selling these hand-poured soy candles called, um, just Yosemite Soy is the name of the, I, I hesitate to say brand because they really do seem like they're just locally made, and I couldn't find any sort of like web presence, and so... They seem like they're just made by a local craftsperson and sold in yeah. a, uh, a gift st- store, and, and they are made locally in Coarse Gold, California. And the, all of the um, candles were themed around different parts of the park. Mm-hmm. And this one um, was the most pleasing to me when I just like opened up the jar and smelled it. It's called Mist Trail, mm-hmm. which is a trail you can go down in Yosemite. And uh, yeah, so we're burning that. Um. I'm definitely getting uh I'm definitely getting pine. Mhm. Like it it smells Christmassy in the sense that it smells like a pine tree. Yeah, it I can't really determine the smell per se. I like the picture they have on the outside. Oh yeah, it has a pleasing label of the Yosemite. Very, yeah, very pleasing label. I I'm off the sense to write home about, but Yeah, it's not it's not that different from like a a balsam and pine scent that Yankee Candle would yeah. do per se, mm-hmm. but it does have a decent throw. Agreed. I also am very close to the candle as we were recording this, so yeah, that might be a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very pleasant. It smells like a forest. It's, yeah. it's well themed, and for a tiny candy, like you said, candy candle it has a wide throw. I can yeah. smell it from here. So yeah, I mean. Also, it just is super cozy that it was made in a small way by, yeah. by, by a local person. That's nice. I'll give it a wick. Yeah, I'm going to give it a wick, too. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's doing the trick. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Before we go, I want to shout out some people who have given us five-star reviews oh. um, on Apple Podcasts. And, I mean, we're always so grateful for a five-star review. Um, dare I say desperate for a five-star review. Uh, but it is just, I cannot believe that anyone listens to this podcast. And I'm, we were just so grateful yeah. for everyone listening right everyone now. Everyone chiming in on social yeah. media like, makes my day. It really it's does. You are all amazing. We do not deserve you. Um, nope. And so thank you to Kim Kim 4367 who's, it's her first iTunes review ever. Um, and so, and she graced us with that. Um, honor so thank you so much and thank you to jb dallas um 80 um who wrote that uh they loved the behind the scenes feel of them trying to find the right sound effect or developing the candle rating system so thank you for loving us for even our messiness um and also i have people i want to shout out too i forgot about that um as some of you know i went to austin a few weeks ago um and I had a lot of people reach out to me when I asked for cozy recommendations. It's really sweet. They gave us, um, which I'll talk about next time with the locations. There's a lot of cozy locations in Austin. And don't think I forgot. Oh, Exo Stitches uh, sent me a bunch of recommendations, restaurants in Austin, uh, little places to go. Uh, and then Katie, she was very active on our Facebook group. She recommended a bar in Austin called Small Victory, which I actually ended up going to. And it's just really sweet, everyone giving me the recommendations uh, when I went to a new city. And it's nice that I know anytime I travel, I can call on my cozies and they'll have a list of cozy places waiting for me. So thank you again for helping me out. Yes, and also uh, shout out to Shannon, who 
baked using my grandma's cookie recipe that so I sweet. shared uh, around Christmas time. So that was that was awesome. Thank, you know, thanks for sharing that and trying it out. And yeah, hope hope you liked it. Just glad that people are making use of that recipe. And it's and Teresa's legend is living on. <laughs> to, yeah, through, through cookie baking. Yeah. So thank you so much and uh, for all of your kind words and for engaging with us and listening. And um, if you haven't left a five star review, please do. We love hearing from mm-hmm. you. Um, you can review us on Apple Podcasts and, uh, you know, rate us and review us there. Uh, it helps people whenever people, I guess, search generically cozy into iTunes. More likely up. that will yeah, pop up if, if we have a review. So and if you do have a moment during your lunch break or while you're sipping some coffee in the morning, take a, take a cozy little moment and uh, leave us a five-star review. And also follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're also on Instagram, All Things Cozy Podcast. And we have a bumpin' Facebook group. Bumpin' Facebook group. <laughs> and uh, our, speaking of Katie, she uh, mentioned that there was a Huga and Chill event at South by Southwest. So we get these hot tips that um, you wouldn't want to miss yeah. out on. So don't, don't miss out on the hot tips. We get a flood of hot tips in there. Yeah. So... Learn something every day about Huga and coziness in that group. Yep. Join us in the Facebook group. And as always, stay cozy. Bye-bye.